praises like I've never sung before. Some morning under heaven's gates of pearl will swing open for me as I leave this old world. Then while the ages roll, I'll be at home with friends and loved ones all around God's throne. I feel like shout, shout, glory to the Lord, glory to the Lord forevermore. I feel like singing, singing, praise to His name, praise like I've never sung Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you coming out on this cool, crisp fall day. Thank you for being here. Brother Ken is filling in at a local church whose pastor is out, so you pray for him today. And I appreciate Brother Scott agreeing to help us out. I know you're warm, but let's make a joyful noise. Let's sing together. Everybody stand. Brother Scott will lead us this morning. Just a couple of verses. When we all get to heaven. Scott, we're going to remain standing for quick prayer this morning. Josh, you come get ready to sing your first song for us. i got a whole series of announcements, a prayer requests I want to give you. I ask you to indulge me for just a second. Please pray for Wendy Parnell's brother. Uh, you may have seen on social media, uh, they have just found out that he has advanced brain cancer. Young man, so please pray for him if you would. Pray also for Sister Pettit and Marsha Rourke. Both of them just had cancer spots removed. Annette Rohr hopes to come home tomorrow. She's improving, but lift her up in prayer. Sister Nadine Thomas, Chelsea Provento. Glad to report Lisa 
coffee is improving. We thank the Lord for that. And then pray, amen. Pray, uh, please pray for Janet Creighton. Uh, she has fallen and has got to have a, 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 see a back surgeon. So please lift her up in prayer if you would. And let's pray for services today. I know you're warm, so we're not going to keep you long, but we sure appreciate you coming out today. For those who are watching via live stream, please put your prayer requests in the chat feature, and we'll be praying for those as well. Let's open up in prayer. Lord, we love you today, and we're thankful to be in your house, thankful for the opportunity to come to the church grounds and worship you today. And Lord, I pray that you'd make your presence felt among your people. Lord, I'm so glad that we can always call upon the name of the Lord for these prayer requests, so we bring them to you. And ask that you do great and mighty things with each one. Lord, I pray that you would answer each one in accordance with your will. Bless Brother Ken today as he preaches. Our service is here today at SAGBC. May the precious name of Jesus be lifted up. We'll thank you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. You can be seated this morning. You pray for Joss as he sings.
but I've not lost the battle. I may be wounded, but I'm still marching on. I'm not a hero, just a tired, trembling. Wonderful job, young man. I appreciate that. That's right. Give him a little toot there. That's good. Appreciate that. A few announcements to give you today. Thank you all so much, those of you uh, who've been bringing in school supplies. I appreciate it immensely. Uh, we got texts and calls this week wanting to know what we were going to be doing uh, since schools are. Uh, uh, have announced in Henry County and Martinsville that they're going remote. Uh, we're still doing the same thing. Uh, folks will be giving out those supplies on Saturday this week. I understand that even if they're going remote, the kids still need the supplies. So we appreciate your help in that capacity. Uh, this coming uh, today was the last day to bring those in. However, you can continue to do your $20 sponsorship. Uh, if you'd like to do that, we would sure appreciate it. And then I am thrilled to announce to you that our plans for our end of summer jubilee have uh, finalized. Uh, they're actually going to be a tent meeting out here in the parking lot. We're going to have a tent set up uh, like we used to do in September. We're going to just make it the end of August. We'll keep it relatively cool for you. Uh, we're excited about that. We've got Williams coming to preach on Sunday. Uh, Brother Kenny Baldwin will be here on Monday night. And then Tuesday and Wednesday, Brother Scott Matthews, of course, there with the Rochesters, will be here. And the jo Joyful Sounds will be singing. Scott Matthews' family will be singing. Kyla Roll and Deliverance will be singing. So we're looking forward to a great, uh, a great end of summer jubilee. That'll be August the 30th through September the 2nd. I've been praying and praying, and God has already promised it's going to be a cool 60 degrees that whole week. Amen. Brother Scott, you come on, and let's get ready to sing one more song. Everybody stand with us now. Let's stand together. Brother Scott. We'll do both, ver both verses of what a day that will be.
Scott, everybody, you can be seated this morning. Appreciate that so much. Josh is going to sing a second song. Thank you so much for praying for uh, Debbie and Haley Stone during the unexpected homegoing of Brother Tommy. I uh, had the privilege of doing that service this past week, and I'll share this with you just to put a smile on your face. Uh, when I was over visiting and praying with the family, uh, Debbie was telling me that in the 22 years that they have been married, she has never... Uh, pumped her own gas. Uh, every time she got in the car, it was full. Uh, she said, talked about how much Scott spoiled uh, Scott, how much time spoiled her, and uh, she talked about the fact that she'd never opened a door uh, since they'd been together. Every time that they were together, he opened every door. I looked over at her and I was taking notes on all of this, and I said, Debbie, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I'm not sure I want to talk about this. He makes the rest of us look pretty doggone sorry. Amen. I mean, I love my wife. I love Miss Renee. But she can pump mighty good gas, and she can mow some mighty good grass. Amen. <laughs> but you pray for the family. I bet they're listening this morning, and I want them to know we love them, and we're sure praying for them. Fellas, y'all sing for us this morning. I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms, in the arms of Christ my Savior. Oh, there are ten thousand charms. It's shouting time in heaven, one sinner was lost is found. It's shouting time in heaven, salvation has been brought down. No one of the angels rejoiced to know my sins have been covered by the crimson flow, and now I'm feeling fine. I'm walking down the highway with my Lord, my name's written down in the courts above. It's shouting time in heaven, oh yes, it's shouting time. Come ye weary, heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. It's shouting time in heaven, one sinner was lost is found. It's shouting time in heaven, salvation has been brought down. No one of the angels rejoiced to know my sins have been covered by the crimson flow, and now I'm feeling fine. 
I'm walking down the highway with my Lord. My name's written down in the courts above. It's shouting time in heaven. Oh, yes, it's shouting time. It's shouting time in heaven. Oh, yes, it's shouting time. Well done. Thank you so much. All right, grab your Bibles this morning, folks. Turn with us to the book of Deuteronomy, if you would, please. Chapter number 30. Deuteronomy chapter number 30. And, brother, I'll let you give me just a little bit more just here in the front, if you would. Deuteronomy chapter number 30, if you would. We're going to look at several verses this morning throughout Scripture. But Deuteronomy chapter number 30 is where we'll start. I was smiling as I was listening to Josh and Frank. If you've ever seen pictures of Frank when he was in the military, uh, you know exactly what Josh is going to look like in about 30 years and 50 pounds. Amen. They not only look alike, they sound alike, walk alike, talk alike, and I appreciate them singing for us this morning. Deuteronomy chapter number 30. We're going to start in verse 15 this morning. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse number 15. Moses says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good and death and evil. And that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. Notice verse 17. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away and worship other gods and serve them. I denounce you this day that you shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land whither thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death blessing and cursing notice the next two words therefore choose life that th both thou and thy seed may live that thou mayest love the Lord thy God that thou mayest obey his voice that thou mayest cleave unto him for he is thy life and the length of thy days that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto the fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. As Moses is giving what is his final words to the Israelites before they cross over into the promised land, he reminds them of everything that God's done for them. He takes them back, if you were to read this entire passage, he takes them back about how good God had been to call them out of Egypt. He reminds them how good God had been as he wandered, as they wandered through the wilderness. He reminds them how good God had been to give them the law and to have his presence before them day and night. And he reminds them that now they're getting ready to cross over into the promised land, the land that floweth with milk and honey, the land that God had prepared for them. But he also tells them, you are going to be tempted to walk away from God. And if I could 
paraphrase this last five verses that we read, uh, Moses says, uh, when you think all of this, when you understand all of this, uh, you have a choice to make. The choice is yours, Moses said. Are you going to follow God or are you going to follow the ways of the world? We see all around us today, folks, our nation is making choices uh, that take us further and further away from God. I don't need to tell any of you all gathered here this morning, but this was a nation uh, that God has blessed. This is a nation that God has touched. This is a nation that was founded under the principles of one nation under God. And as long as we stick to the things of God, we can take them to the authority of his word that he will bless us. But we also know that when we walk away from God, there is a consequence to pay. I'm watching the news every night, and I'm seeing more and more people making emotional choices that take us further away from God. So I want to give a message this morning that looks at three different people in Scripture and the choices that they made that emulate the choices that we make today and give you a quick message this morning I'm entitling, Therefore Choose. Therefore, choose. We'll jump to just a few passages this morning. Turn with me quickly, if you would, to the book of Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. And when you get to Genesis chapter 13, you will find a man by the name of Lot who made what I'm going to call as an absolutely disastrous choice. Genesis chapter 13, verse number 10 says... And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar, then Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from the other. Most of you know, the story of Abraham and his nephew Lot. You know that they both waxed great in money, in lands, in servants. And so they needed to separate themselves in order to justify the nationality split that was happening there. They had to separate. And so Abraham spies all the way around and he turns to Lot and he says, You choose first. So as Lot turns and views everything around him, uh, he sees a direction where it looks like uh, it was pleasing. He sees the wells that have been watered. He sees the plain. He sees the cities. And the first, listen now, the first mistake that Lot made uh, was to look and trust what it is that he saw. You hear me this morning? Faith is not what you can see. Faith is what you know based on the principles of the Word of God. So the first mistake that Lot made was to look, understand that the Bible says that the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life are those things that set us up for a spiritual fall. Lot's first mistake is that he looked. And after Lot looked for a little while, the next time we see Lot, he's leaning. 
And in fact, you know that Sodom and Gomorrah was a wicked city. That wickedness was drawing a lot closer and closer. So he looked and he liked what he saw. The next time we see Lot, he's leaning. He's getting closer to Sodom and Gomorrah. Then the next time we see him after that, he is living in Sodom and Gomorrah. And then he's a leader in Sodom and Gomorrah. And before it's all said and done, Lot loses his testimony in Sodom and Gomorrah. He looks... He leans, he lives, he leads, and he lost everything because of his starting with his eyes. You hear me this morning, the enemy still dangles things out in front of us that look good. He still puts things out in front of us and doesn't remind us that if you keep looking before you know it, you're leaning and then you're living. And when it's all said and done, we end up losing the testimony that God has given us. May I say to you this morning, I hope you amen, I know you're hot, but you listen, everything that looks good is not from God. Everything that looks peeling is not from God. You hear me? The enemy will dangle things in front of you that make you think it looks good. I submit to you that you're going to give up the 85% of greatness you've got for what you think you don't have. A disastrous choice. Turn with me, if you would, quickly this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Because if Lot is an example of a disastrous choice, we read in Hebrews 11, God's hall of faith, that Moses is an example of a definitive choice. Moses is an example of a definitive choice. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. The writer says, By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, note this, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater than the treasures, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect under the recompense of the reward. If Lot was a disastrous choice, Moses was a definitive choice. I think, again, all of you remember the story. Moses pulled out of the bulrush by Pharaoh's daughter, raised in the courts, raised in the palace, raised to become a prince, ultimately called by God to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. And upon that day, Moses has a choice to make. Am I going to stay with the palace, or am I going to go with the things of God? You see, by making that choice... Moses had to turn his back on some things uh, that would have been mighty hard for people to turn their backs on today. What do I mean? Moses uh, had to turn his back on his position in Egypt. Can I remind you folks that as the grandson of the Pharaoh, he could have potentially been in line for great power. He could have potentially uh, been in line for great privilege. 
He was in line for great wealth, for great respect, for great notoriety. But when he turned his back and went with God, he gave all of that up. Not only did he give up his position, the Bible says in verse 25 that he gave up the pleasures of Egypt. If you know anything about Egyptian history, you know that this was a sin-cursed society. Wickedness abound. It was a sensual society. And so when Moses said, I think I'll just go with God, he was turning his back on the pleasures of sin. He was turning his back upon his position. He was turning his back upon all the things that marked him who he was. He was turning his back on the prosperity of Egypt, on the wealth of Egypt. Why would he do that? Because Moses wisely recognized, according to Hebrews 11, verse 26, that the esteem of Christ is worth far more than any riches you can find in this world. Moses realized that all the money in the world won't buy you favor with God. And would you hear me this morning? I've been at this thing a little while now, and I have realized that you can have wealth, you can have money, you can have fame. Fame doesn't buy a good home. Money doesn't buy a good family. All the financial abundance in the world won't get you into heaven. And as the song says, I'd rather have Jesus than all of that kind of stuff. Lot was a disastrous choice. Moses was a definitive choice. I want you to turn to one more place with me this morning. Turn to Luke, if you would, chapter number 10. Last place you'll look. Luke, chapter number 10. We'll go to verse 38. Because if Lot was a disastrous choice, if Moses was a definitive choice. I want to talk to you about one of the little precious ladies of Scripture who I believe displayed what I'm going to call a dedicated choice. Luke chapter number 10 introduces us to a trio of characters who became great friends of Christ. Every time we read that Jesus goes to Jerusalem, he almost inevitably travels that one mile east so that he can go visit in the little town of Bethany a household where lived Mary, Lazarus, and Martha. Each of them three distinctive characters. Notice, if you would, how we are first introduced to Mary of Bethany. Look at Luke chapter 10, verse number 38. Bible says, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village. We know the village is Bethany. And a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. She had a sister called Mary. And notice how Mary is described, which sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Martha was cumbered about with much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Can I paraphrase this? For every one of you who've got a sibling, 
especially if you've got a sister. You know that sisters can claw at each other. Somebody say amen right there. And the older sister, uh, we think, goes to the younger sister uh, and says, Lord, tell her to get off her sorry hind end and help me cook dinner. Tell her uh, that I've got you to feed, uh, I've got the disciples to feed, uh, and I can't get her lazy tail up off the couch. Help me out, Lord. And notice what Jesus says, verse 41. Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. You see, friends, if Lot made a disastrous choice, if Moses made a definitive choice, then Mary made a dedicated choice. Mary made a dedicated choice. There are three times in Scripture that we see Mary of Bethany, and every single time she's at the feet of Jesus. The first time is when she meets him. The second time is when her brother Lazarus has died and she once again is at the feet of Jesus. The third time is just hours prior to his death and she's anointing his feet. Every single time you see Mary, she is at the feet of Jesus. I believe that Mary is making the dedicated choice to linger in his presence. She is 100% decided uh, that wherever God is, that's where I want to be. Don't misunderstand me. What Martha was doing was important. I mean, dinner had to be cooked. The tea had to be made. The table had to be set. Uh, the silverware had to be laid. Uh, the house had to be swept. All those things were happening. Companies coming. Uh, we got to make the place look semi-decent. All that things matter. Uh, but Mary said, uh, you can have all of that. I want to linger at the presence of Jesus. Not only did Mary decide she was going to linger. Listen, Mary decided she was going to listen to the voice of God. Those voices that Mary heard uh, were the voice of her Savior. And she said uh, in verse 42, uh, Christ says, But one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part. May I submit to you this morning that you only hear the voice of God when you're listening uh, to the Word of God. I'm not talking about an audible voice. I'm not talking about a voice that you will hear. I'm talking about a voice that you can feel, a direction that you can know that God is leading you, and that only happens to those who are lingering in his presence. And then lastly this morning, Mary made a dedicated choice when she chose to linger, when she chose to listen. She made a dedicated choice when she chose to love. When she chose to love. May I end this morning by reminding you that in the moments and the hours before Christ's death, the disciples didn't get it. They didn't understand that he was going to Calvary. They didn't understand that he was about to be crucified. 
In the hours leading up to his death, uh, they didn't grasp what he meant when he said, uh, I, I, you tear this temple down and in three days I'll rebuild it. They couldn't grasp it, but Mary did. Amen. Mary got it. Mary understood. How do I know? Because she's anointing the feet of Jesus uh, with an embalming fluid that's only used uh, when you put somebody in the ground. Mary uh, using uh, this, this fluid, this ointment uh, that would be used only to anoint the dead. Uh, you hear me this morning. Uh, Mary is one of the only people, uh, one of the only followers of Christ. Uh, when none of the men got it, Mary got it. Why? Because she was lingering, listening, and loving Jesus. If you're like me, sometimes your family doesn't get your relationship with God. Sometimes your co-workers don't understand your relationship with God. Sometimes uh, friends don't understand why you're so dedicated to God. Would you listen? I promise I'm done. They're never going to, folks. The only way they will ever understand is to meet the one you've met and to love the one you love and to listen to the one you listen to and to linger in his presence like you do. But until then, we're just going to keep on serving him anyway. Lot was a disastrous choice. Moses was a definitive choice. Mary was a dedicated choice. May I close this minute, this moment, with two simple statements. Far too many believers have become lots today. They've looked at the well-watered plains of this world and thought, I want that. And before you know it, that's not what they have, but that has them. We need some Mary's, church. Whether you're male or female, I want to be like Mary. I want to be like Moses, uh, where I deliberately uh, turn my back on the things of the world. But I want to be like Mary uh, and linger and listen and love the things of God. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Thank you so much for your attention. Brother Scott, come just sing us one verse if you would. If there is somebody this morning in your life that you know needs a touch of God. I want you to bow your heads with me this morning. Nobody's looking. If there's somebody you're thinking of right now that you know needs the touch of God, would you just lift up your hand and say, Preacher, pray for my friend or family member. I'm seeing all over. Thank you this morning, folks. Brother Scott, sing us one verse if you would. Amen. Calvary. 
Brother Scott, you can be seated. Five minutes, Josh, fellas. Uh, uh, Nick, uh, James, if I could get you all, Matt, come help me this morning. We're going to collect our offering. Any of our ushers, if you could come help us. The, quick, the more we got, the quicker we'll go this morning. You know what I realized as I was studying this message this week? We will never choose the things of God until we walk away from the things of the world. We have to turn our back on the one and walk towards the other. Lord, bless the offering this morning. May it be what you'd have it to be in Christ's name. Take off, guys. So one more quick announcement. Uh, we will continue for the month of August with 10 a.m. services. Again, for the month of August, we'll keep doing services at 10 a.m. We will hear the other evening uh, at about 8 o'clock at night, finishing up our back-to-school stuff. Walked outside, and it felt pretty comfortable. It wasn't too bad. Somebody turned to me and said, Preacher, you know, if we had services at 8, 8.30 at night, we could do all right. I realized then that if we want to be really comfortable, we can have 8 a.m. services or 8 p.m. services. Until then, we'll do 10 a.m. services on Sunday morning. Father, thank you for your blessings. Lord, thank you for meeting with us today. Continue to bless our church and those in our community. In Christ's name, amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming today, folks.